As you can see, or you may have noticed from the thumbnail, which I'll I'll put this quote up. This is an exact quote I received. Well, I didn't receive it. Anybody that was on Facebook today, this person wrote it, saw it. And I thought it was terrible. And what it says... Thanksgiving, a day American, and he spells American, A-M-E-R-I-K-K-K-A-N, settlers chose to celebrate the slaughter of American natives. Enjoy your feast. And the Facebook post had a, you know, a sad face on it. Well, I, I had to respond to that. And I indicated to the person that wrote it, who's been a lifelong friend. And I hope we still are friends. I mean, we're still friends as far as I'm concerned. But I wrote to this person and said, I need to refute that like I refuted uh, your global warming post. And after, and I expect to get the same um, response I got from the global warming post, which was silence. Well, this person at that point responded back. But let me tell you what the Global Warming Post was. And and the reason why I'm using him is because he is symptomatic of many Black people, many Black men, several of whom I know. This this one individual um, that I grew up with. One day, just wrote out the blue. Uh, I guess he was uh, one of my podcasts were on, and he must have noticed it. So he decided to messenger, messenger me and said, I would never listen to something that a person that carries uh, Trump's jock strap said. Then another individual I knew, um, he just out of the blue, and this had nothing to do with a podcast necessarily, but maybe some other opinion that I held, just start calling me Uncle Toms and Coons and, and all kinds of stuff. And and the sad thing to me is these people never ask me, Sam, why do you feel the way you feel? Why do you think the way you think? Why do you write the stuff that you write or say? Or what they also will never do is look at evidence. I have a dear friend that died about three years ago, I think, two or three years ago. And I remember when Obama was being elected, he cried. He was so happy that someone with his pigmentation um, was president. And we used to have clashes 
on the conservative, liberal, Democrat, Republican theater. But when it came time to examine evidence, he refused to look at any evidence. It was like a wall comes up and no evidence, he doesn't want to see it. It reminds me of one other gentleman I met online, never met this person personally. I believe it was back in 2011. And I said, look, I can prove to you that the Democratic Party was a party of the Ku Klux Klan, segregation, Jim Crow, and all this stuff. And this guy told me, don't waste your time. You know, I'm the kind of person that if I'm wrong, I want to know I'm wrong. You know, if, if I'm leading people down a wrong path, I want to find out as quickly as possible so I can make a course correction. I personally do not have so much pride that I would invest in a lie because I would rather hold on to a lie than the truth. So everything that I do, everything that I say, everything that I put out, it's open to scrutiny. It's open to anybody to challenge. And, you know, if I'm proven wrong, I want to know it. But these people, they don't want to know it. Now, this friend of mine, what, what I was saying was, back in August, he made another post. And this post, he wrote, to all my friends, I warned of global warming who called it a hoax and said I was crazy. Now, I never said he was crazy and misled. Let me say this again and louder for those in the back. Global warming is real. And then he wrote this in capital letters. Can you hear me now? Let me also preface this by saying this particular friend purports himself to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now I wrote him back and I said, when I get back from the Bahamas, I will give what I believe to be a biblical and historical response to global warming in my podcast. I will make it a point to invite all of you to examine my response. He stated looking so very much to it. I wasn't trying to be mean or nefarious or nasty. I was gonna challenge the premise. And I did. I made three episodes, one hours. They're still online, readily available for anyone to see. Episode one was the Bible and climate change. I presented what I believe to be is a biblical foundation, a biblical point that number one, God gave us the resources, the fossil fuels as they were, and told us to use them. He told us to fill the earth. And I also gave a foundation, biblically speaking, where it's impossible for man to destroy the earth because God has reserved it for fire. He destroyed it once before with the flood. This time is reserved for fire. Watch the podcast or on Facebook, YouTube, or whatever, or listen to it and check it out for yourself. 
I made sure I sent him information that this one was available and everyone else that was on that string. To date, I haven't heard anything from anybody. The next week, I did climate change part two, electric vehicles. And as you can see, those of you that are watching this instead of just listening to it, I showed a picture of young Africans, slave labor, mining for cobalt. One of the ironies, you know, uh, of this relationship with this gentleman is that he, as many other Black Americans are stuck on this mindset of America and, and, and the American slavery. Like for some reason, Americans were the only, or Black Americans were the only people ever enslaved. When slavery is something that's been going on since time, back in biblical days. I'm not saying it was a good thing. I'm saying that that's what happened. And there's slavery in Africa today. You know, and I wanted to bring this out that he could see that. But he didn't watch it. You know, and the trade-off between electric cars and um, fossil fuel cars and all that stuff. It, 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 you know, the documentation is there. It's plenty of information available. And by the way, in part one, <clears throat> I also gave numerous examples. Uh, I think it was about 20 where these different climate change, um, you know, predictions failed. I went back that before climate change, they were looking for the uh, coming uh, ice age. And before that, overpopulation. And the theory of the Mathusian doctrine that helped bred these things. I gave information on all that. Nothing. Okay. After week two, I brought in week three. Climate change, food solutions. And I gave examples where they're trying to uh, make lab meat. They're actually manufacturing lab meat because they want to move us away. Many people want to move us away from beef. They say cows are polluting the environment. And they also want to use bugs for food. They say this is an alternative source of protein. And they showed examples of them making bug burgers, uh, chips, uh, flour, uh, protein bars, all kinds of stuff. But God gave us the earth and the fullness thereof. And he told us to subdue it and to use everything that was in it. You know, it's amazing when we're talking about overpopulation. God told us to fill the earth with people. One of the doctrines before was that we were going to run out of resources because we had too many people. Now they don't say that because they have far more people, but they have an abundance of resources. So now they're trying to scare us to death with global warming and climate change and all this other nonsense. That's why I was surprised that a person that purports to be a minister of the gospel 
cannot see the contradiction between what man is saying and what God said. Jesus, the, the same today, yesterday, and forever. If God doesn't change, his word doesn't change, then all these predictions of man said mean nothing if God is who he said he is. So, like I said, I didn't get any um, kind of response to part three. So when I wrote about um, the individual uh, speaking on what he quoted and said that I would follow it up, and I said, um, I expect the same response that I got concerning climate change, um, silence. Well, I think that embarrassed him since we were on a public forum and he decided to shoot back something to the effect, you know, just a bunch of talking without any facts. And I shot back. You mean like you just did? Because that's all he gave us was this, this so-called quote here. And um, I said, it just shows the fact or proves my point that you never looked at the information. Because if you would have looked at it, you would have seen there was a multitude of information in each one of those podcasts. I didn't rely on just talking, just running my mouth. What's the point? And after all, he was the one that made that big statement about it's real. And can you hear me now? And I just said, okay. I say it's not real. And he was going to respond. But like many of these other folks, he didn't respond. I think he was incapable of response. I, I I'm, truly, I don't, I think the information is airtight that I presented. But nevertheless, it's there for anybody else if they want to respond. And say where I'm wrong. You know, you, you have, if you're going to make a position, you need to be able to stand up to the position. And you need to be able to deal with it. And if you're wrong, say you're wrong. Or, you know, whatever. So, then I, I told him, the individual, I said, well, like I said, you just want people to accept what you said without facts. Or is it that you want them to join your hate America bandwagon. Well, I think at that point he got mad and blocked me because I, <laughs> I didn't, I couldn't find. I, I, I was trying to wait for a response. There was none. I looked up. I couldn't even see him anymore. I, I never said anything vile, nasty, mean. I said what I thought was true. When you write America, and this is not the first documentation that I saw that he presented it like that. To me, that means you, you don't like America. But I think my friend got several problems. I think he's, I think he's bitter. I think he got a lot of hate in him. And I think he forgot what he's supposed to be. If in fact he says that he is a Christian. Now, let me say this before I go on to any further. This same person, just like these other people, this is where it's really twisted. 
excuse me, twisted in my mind. They and him are predominantly or straight Democrat Party voters. And I've said it before, I'll say it again, and it's documented proof. The Democrat Party was a party of the KKK. So it's ironic that you're going to write something like that, but you vote for the Ku Klux Klan party, the party that originated the Klan, the party that wanted to control black people. You know, uh, the Klan was there to help enforce them during Reconstruction to either vote for the Democrat Party or don't vote at all or to scare them half to death. And in many cases, lynch black folks, although they did lynch, I think, more white Republicans than black folks. But nevertheless, they, they did lynch white Republicans. So here this person is, and all of them, you know, the ones that I mentioned, straight Democrat Party, when Joe Biden sit over there and said, you ain't black if you don't know the difference between me and Trump, not a word from him or any of them. During this whole presidential tour of Biden so far, this, this, this Biden presidency that um, inflation is going through the roof. I went to the store today and a pack of bacon was over $8. I mean, a single slap, a pack of uh, thick bacon was like 16, I think. And I was at Walmart. But they don't say anything. It's like, it's, it's amazing to me. When the news media used to say stuff about Trump, even when it was a lie, they were all over it. But, but these Democrats, you know, it's like they beat you with chains and whips. And these, these loyal Democrat people will say nothing. Zero. But let's get to some reality. Let's look at something that this person that wrote the quote about Thanksgiving celebration of the slaughter of Native Americans don't know. One of the things, like I said, that they're really high on is the American slave trade. Like nobody else has got slaves. And, and, and they come with this false mindset that the Native Americans were all a bunch of peace-loving people that didn't bother anybody until the Europeans came, brought their diseases, and, and, and slaughtered them and took their lands and all this other stuff. Every group of people screwed over every other group of people at one time or another. And that includes Native Americans. Native Americans waged war on other Native Americans and made Native Americans slaves. Democrats should know that. But here's something even more phenomenal that Democrats don't know. Native Americans also made black people slaves. What? Yes. There were black slaves by Native Americans among the Cherokees, the Choctaws, the Chickasaws, the Creeks, and the Seminoles, and some more. Africans were enslaved by Native Americans. 
children of enslaved African women and Native American slave owners were also considered illegitimate. Not only that, but when the 13th Amendment to the Constitution, ratification of the free enslaved in the United States, it didn't free African slaves from Indians because Indian land wasn't part of the United States. The government had to make other treaties to get black folks free from Indian slavery. But see, my friend and all these super uh, twisted, bitter black men that can only think about, that they have been conditioned to think, well, you know, the Republicans, they're evil, they hate black people, and American slavery is, you know, all this stuff is from these Republicans because they switched sides as Democrats back in 1968 under Nixon or some other weird lie. When in fact, slavery, even after the, even after black slavery in 1865 in the United States, white folks were still being enslaved in the Ottoman Empire over there in Asia. It hadn't ended yet. And there's still slavery going on in Africa today. None of it's a good thing. But that's what was happening. And what is still happening today. But you get these black Americans that get all twisted up. They get all mad. But then at the same time, tell you to vote for the party that was a party of slavery. And the party of the folks who want to enforce mental enslavement of black folks after Reconstruction. And I think they've done a very, very masterful job because it seems like the vast majority of black folks are still mentally enslaved to the Democrat party right now. Let's switch gears and get over to why. There's several reasons why my friend shouldn't be bitter anymore. Number one, the information he got is wrong. Number two, like I said, everybody suffered under slavery in one form or another. But the most important point is he says that he's a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus' blood was shed for everybody. And he needs to remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, what we commonly call the Lord's Prayer. It says in chapter 6, verse 9 through 15, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We used to sing this prayer all the time with little kids. I know he did too. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Or some versions say the evil one. The evil one want to keep us bitter. The evil one wants to keep us in bondage. The evil one wants to keep us angry at folks. Folks long since dead. Or to take it out on their ancestors or their descendants, rather. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, many of us as a child, we ended our prayer then, but this next verse is something that the minister should know, that all of us should exercise for a condition. Here's a condition. We need to pay attention when God puts out conditions instead of just thinking he gives away get-out-of-jail-free cards and we don't have to worry about nothing. He says, for if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. So regardless of what some white man did to our ancestors, and by the way, it's my understanding that black Americans have more power and wealth and more ability to do more things than any other group of black folks on this earth. Am I saying that, oh, okay, because they slung a bunch of y'all and put you in ships in slavery is a good thing? No, I'm not saying it at all. I'm saying that according to Romans chapter 8, God's going to use everything to our benefit. So for whatever reasons, however we had to get, get here through the generations, it was to our benefit. But nevertheless, even if it wasn't like that, God said to forgive. Now, I think the most important thing for all of us is that we want God to forgive us. I mean, if you're a Christian and he's supposed to be a Christian, and I don't, and I, some of the folks I talked about are supposed to be Christians, but I don't know many more that got this attitude are supposed to be a Christian. Our eternal destination is not this temporal life. We're looking for an eternal destination in the fellowship and the company of God and the saints and the believers forever. What good does it do us to be bitter and angry at people long since dead and take it out on their descendants or to be angry and bitter at them as well now at the risk of denying the Father the command that he gave us for and forgive us, excuse me, for if we forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. We can flip that around. You ain't gonna forgive God. God, I mean, you ain't gonna forgive man. God ain't gonna forgive you. Oh, I don't even have to go there. <laughs> I don't even have to flip it around. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you your trespasses. So I didn't have to flip it. It's there. Boom. It can't be any clearer than that. It's right there. And see, some people don't say they and or oh well, you know, but look, anytime you got to put but or well or, or or modify or regurgitate or change or twist what God has said, you got a problem. 
I'm not saying you got to like everything God said, but I'm saying when you start changing it or you try to modify what he meant, you got a problem. He's a potter. We're the clay. He made the rules. We're the ones that got to deal with them. I learned long ago. It doesn't matter if I like it or not. God didn't ask my opinion. He asked me to be a disciple. And I hope my friend is truthful and serious about being a disciple. I, I hope he takes the time to go look at the climate change stuff and show me where I was wrong. But I'm not through yet because he said that Thanksgiving was something that the settlers uh, celebrating the slaughter of Native Americans. Well, that's not what Thanksgiving's about. And I'm going to show you that in a moment. But I have one more set of scriptures I want to share first. I'm going to go here to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 through 32. And the Apostle Paul wrote and he said, Let there Excuse me, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fit the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for a day. Did you know you can grieve God? I mean, Jesus said, I'm going to leave here and I'm going to bring a comforter. So he gives you the comforter. He gives you the Holy Spirit. And he's going to teach you all things. But you can grieve the Holy Spirit? It's like, you got the teacher telling you this, that, and the other, and you're acting like a zip fool. And that upsets him. I mean, this is my paraphrase. This is not Bible, so don't go there. But you can grieve the Holy Spirit. How can you grieve him? By the way you respond, by the way you act, by the way you participate in the work that he laid out for you. Okay, still for the day of redemption. Verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Now, the only way that that's possible is through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's for you to surrender yourself to God. Lord, I surrender myself to you. It's not my life anymore. It's your life. And I don't have the strength to not be bitter or angry or whatever, but you do. That's how you do it. Why would he put that out there if he didn't want that? So, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. You know, it, it's even it's one thing, even if my friend had an issue with celebrating Thanksgiving, but he 
he's like slammed half of not most of the country with his statement. Like we're really participating in something that's celebrating the slaughter of people. You think we're that naive? I know when we were little kids and we went to school, a lot of times they would give us lessons about the pilgrims and turkeys and all that stuff. But that is not the reason why we celebrate Thanksgiving. Certainly not the reason why I celebrate Thanksgiving. I celebrate Thanksgiving for the same reason that Abraham Lincoln made the proclamation on October the 3rd, 1863. And you know, in 1863, this country was in the middle of a civil war. This country was in the middle of a battle for years that ended up taking more than 600,000 American lives. And yet, this president, who two shortly years later would be assassinated, thought it was fitting that we take our time, even in the middle of this war, to honor God. That's why I celebrate Thanksgiving. And he made a proclamation to that effect. And I think it's something that we need to bring and read to our families every now and then. This is information that they should have. So I'm gonna share uh, the proclamation that originated Thanksgiving as we know it in the United States today. By the President of the United States, the proclamation, the year that is drawing toward its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties, which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come, others have been added, which are of so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart, which is habit, habitly insensible to the ever watchful providence of Almighty God. In the midst of a civil war unequaled magnitude and severity, which has sometimes seemed to foreign states to invite and to provoke their aggression, peace has been preserved with all nations. Order has been maintained. The laws have been respected and obeyed and harmony has prevailed everywhere except in the theater of military conflict. While that theater has been greatly contracted by the advancing armies and navies of the Union, needful diversions of wealth and strength from the fields of peaceful industry to the national defense have not arrested the plow, the shuttle, or the ships the axe has enlarged the borders of our settlements and the mines as well of iron and coal.
as of the precious metals have yielded even more abundantly than heretofore, population has steadily increased, notwithstanding the waste uh, that has been made in the camp, the siege, and the battlefield, and the country rejoicing in the consciousness of augmented strength and vigor is permitted to expect continuance of years with large increase of freedom. No human council has devised nor has any mortal hand worked out these great things that are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. It seems, it seemed to me fit and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do, therefore, invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up the inscriptions justly due to him for such singular deliverance and blessings, they do also with humble penitence for our national perseverance, preser, excuse me, perseverance and disobedience, our national perverseness and disobedience, commend to his tender care all those who have become widows. <clears throat> orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged and fervently implore the interposition of the almighty hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. In testimony, whereof I have hereunto set my hand and caused a seal of the United States to be affixed, done at the city of Washington this third day of October in the year of our Lord, 1863, at the end of the independence of the United States, the 88th, by President Abraham Lincoln. So President Lincoln set forth the national proclamation of a day of worship for the Lord. 
not a day about settlers, not a day about Native Americans, it's not a day about slaughter, it's not a day about turkey, it's not a day about eating, it's a day about rejoicing, praising, celebrating the Almighty. My friend should know that. He should know that. And I pray that he repents of his ignorance. Find out the truth. See what the Bible says. See what Lincoln said. And I would just pray that he, along with other black men and women that have this fixation and I think it's almost like it's a delusion or some kind of mental block that prevents them from examining evidence. I'm not telling people to leave the Democrat Party. I'm not telling people to become Republicans. I'm not telling people to do anything. What I would like people to do is to open their mind and examine the evidence. That's what I would like people to do. I would like people to investigate Test all things. Hold fast to that which is true. Get rid of the garbage. Don't just be swallowed up in the stupid. And most importantly, you need to forgive. You need to forgive um, the sins of the past. We all have come short of the glory of God. None of us are exempt. None. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what year you were born in. I don't care about any of that stuff. We need to line up, submit ourselves to God, particularly those that know or claim to be ministers of God because the Bible also says the judgment starts in the house of the Lord and to whom much is given, much is required. So at any rate, I just pray that everybody have a great Thanksgiving. Praise the Lord, and I'm out.